Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors Opal, Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan. Discover the all-new Opal Mocha, featuring Opal's iconic new signature visor, stunning Opal Pure Panel, and a choice of petrol, diesel or fully electric. The new Opal Mocha is less normal, more Mocha. Visit blackstonemotors.ie. Welcome to Tuesday Afternoon's Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. Now, I need not remind you, if you've been shopping last weekend or in recent times, You'll understand what we're going to talk about next because every time I go to the store to do shopping, I notice prices rising. Now, it wouldn't be that price sensitive normally, but my word, in the last number of months, you really can see the prices going up, up, up. So any advice is always welcome in the context of trying to shop cleverly and being savvy about spending. And on late lunch, well, when I tell you that many years ago I met her for the first time and she had to be savvy, then she took an allotment and started growing her own. She was advising here, there and everywhere, but she's always been a great friend of ours on LMFM Radio's late lunch. She writes a wonderful column now at the Irish Examiner where she offers advice, uh, recipes and more besides. I'm delighted to say hello again to Katrina Redmond. Hello, Katrina. Hi, Jerry. Can you follow me around and just be my cheerleader now? <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. I know I mean every word I say about you because you are that person that impressed me from the first day I met you. And I have the utmost respect for you and I admire you so much. I just want to say that again. I, I really, really do. And thank you for, for joining us on the show because I know you're so good and you're going to be a great help to our listeners today. Can I ask you this? Just a general question and I will be your cheerleader. Anyway, I want to ask you this first today. Um, you hear people saying that, you know, the the price rises are extraordinary, they're questionable and this whole thing of price gouging is being talked about. What's your impression? So I wouldn't, it, it, it's difficult to say whether price gouging is going on at the moment because the costs of producing food right now are really high, you know, for manufacturers and for growers. Mm. You know, it, it, there is this massive knock-on effect of both climate change and the war in Ukraine, which yes. is then, you know, affecting the produce that we're getting at home, be it, you know, the cost of um, fertilizer for our growers, which, you know, then has a knock on effect in the cost of feed, you know, which has to be transported and we're paying more for fuel, you know. So it's difficult to say whether there's gouging or not going on at the moment. But what I definitely can say, and I track these, these prices and I often say, you know, I have spreadsheets and I'm not afraid to use it. <laughs> um, but, but like the, the difference in the cost of this sample shopping basket that we, we track every week in the Irish Examiner, it, it's, it's, been going up incrementally and you wouldn't notice it too much but if I go back and I take a look at the first time that I checked it back on the 23rd of March the price differences are actually huge Mm. Um, I mean I'm looking at stuff like you know the price of a half a pound of butter back on the 23rd of March it was 149 it's now 169 Um, price of a litre of milk these are just average prices across most of the supermarkets price of a litre of milk 
back at the beginning, back at the end of March was 85 cents. Now you're talking 95 cents. Mm. Um, you know, your bread, 75 cents, it's gone up to 90 cents and beyond. So all of these incremental rises then are having a knock-on effect in our shopping basket. And to me and you, you know, and we hear stuff like, you know, Kantar say we need 453 extra euro a year to do our shopping. And um, you kind of, it, it washes over your head a bit because most of us live from week to week and from month to month. We don't think about that, yes. you know, annual cost. Mm. Um, and I tossed it up this week and, and between fuel and energy costs and the price of shopping, compared to the beginning of January, I need an extra 78 euro a week to get by. And to buy exactly the same things that I was buying back in January. My, and that's what, roughly about 4,000 a year. <clears throat> yeah. So that is a lot of money that we're talking about here. So let's let's talk about shopping today, which is one of your areas of expertise. And let me uh, fire a few questions at you. Right. So we have uh, many big supermarkets and we have our local stores on that as well. Firstly, is a weekly shop a good idea? Or what do you say to somebody, you, you talk about living day to day, week to week, who goes sh- go shopping as needs be? What's your, your advice there? I think do what works for you. If you go shopping day to day or twice a week, I think that's a fantastic way of cutting back on your food waste. Because if you're going out day to day, you're invariably going to buy what you need. Um, you know, and if you go out twice a week, again, you're going to buy less. So you need to store less. You need to pay less to store it. You can get by with a smaller fridge, a smaller freezer. You don't need as much storage space in your kitchen. And then the other thing as well is this huge, like, social value to going out to the shops and meeting your neighbours and talking to the local shopkeeper and saying hello to people out and about. And you might be able to do your shopping by walking up and down to the shop rather than getting in the car and burning fuel to drive to the shop and drive home. So, you know, there's value in that as well as doing a full weekly shop, which many of us have gotten into the habit of doing over the last couple of years because, mm. you know, we uh, over the last couple of years we were mainly cash-rich and time-poor. So, you know, we'd have less time to do it. So we were trying to cram in this weekly shop into, a, in, into you know, an hour, an hour and a half on Saturday mm. and then go home and lash it all into the press and get on and do the next activity. But maybe that's not the most efficient use of our resources Maybe we do need to spend a little bit more time in shopping and and um, use the car less. And yes, you know, store less. Yeah. So- Really, it is whatever works. For whatever you. works for you. But I'm beginning to err on the side of what you're saying there. That big shop, uh, there's certainly the scope for more waste than that for sure. And especially when you're going for these two and three for one offers. What do you advise? And I'm, I'm, there's a pun in an ad here. One store or more? Would you, you know, shop around the different stores? Would you go to different stores for different items? Well, I'm I'm only loyal to my wallet. Like I'm loyal to my budget. I'm not loyal to any supermarket now. So, um, which is a great position to be in. So really it is, you know, you've got to weigh it all up. What If you're walking, what is the one that's closest to you? Because mm. that's going to be the one that's going to cost you the least amount of, you know, your own personal energy, yes. your own time to get there. Um, and then, you know, equally, you know, maybe you've got people in your family who only eat certain types of food. So it might be that you might have to go to the one over the other side of the bridge, you know. So, so that might be the supermarket that you need to go to. So really, you know, um, sorry, <laughs> we need to... Um, um, we need to sorry there's somebody at the door the kids are going to sort it out That's okay. um, I was like listen to his shouting there but anyway um, it, it's a mad household here but but really like you've, you've got to have a think about 
you know, what you buy on a regular basis, what you like to buy. Nowadays, own brand is just fantastic across all of the supermarkets. So, and some of them are cheaper than others. I will say that much, but they might not be cheaper for the things that you like to buy. And they all have their special offers online and we all have smartphones nowadays, even if we don't have laptops or computers. So we can go on the phone and we can check and see what the special offers are and then decide that that's where we're going to go for our shopping. Mm. So own brands you're a fan of, you know, entry level products, you'll see those in stores as well. You have no qualms about going that route regarding quality brand versus unbranded? Goodness, no. Well, tea bags. We might just draw the line under tea bags because that's the one thing now that I'd I'd, I'd be very particular about. Yeah, love Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But everything else, like literally, absolutely everything else, own brand is the way to go. It's the quality is the same, mm. um, but you're paying half the price or even less. And if you feel that you know maybe your tin of tomatoes quality of that isn't isn't that great, well, think about it. When you're going cooking with a tin of tomatoes, you're not just going to lash a tin of tomatoes into a sauce and leave it. You're going to spice it up. You're going to add salt and pepper. You're going to add maybe a bit of vinegar. You're going to add you know paprika, garlic, whatever. At the end of the day, by the time you add in all of this other stuff, it's going to taste the same. Yes. You yes, know. and that's a point. That's a point really well made. Now, what about uh, the loyalty? You mentioned your loyalty to your wallet, and I love that. That is really a saying I'm going to carry with me for for a while. I have to say, Dunn's ten off fifty euro. The club card in Tesco. Tesco is my store choice. You know, now there are if you have your club card, which you you get a discount on a range of items. Marks and Spencer have brought in their Sparks app, and I happened to use that once recently, and I found it amazing. To be honest with you in terms of savings and so on. I'm not familiar with uh, Aldi or Little, just that's well, on a personal basis. I can basis. list them all off you and actually yeah. speaking of the Sparks app for any parents who have kids going back to school in September there's 20% off mm. on school uniforms mm. this week on the Sparks app. So so like, I mean, that's really valuable and they deliver to to the store here in Drada. So like, I mean, you can't go wrong with that and you need free delivery. But like Tesco then, um, they now have the, their new app. So they're encouraging people to use the app and not the website so much. Um, and like that, there's a 10 euro or 50 coming out every now and again. I got one emailed to me this week. Mm. Um, Super Value, are, again, have an app and they're offering, you know, between five off, off of 35 and 10 off of 50. That comes up in the app. Done stores, the same. Your vouchers come up on your app. Lidl have a, a Lidl Plus app. And there's regular vouchers to be got there and um, freebies every week, which is fantastic. Aldi, I suppose, is the only one that doesn't really have an app or discount, um, but they consistently perform at the lowest of, on yes. the, the, the sample shopping basket that I do. So it, it just depends. But like use the vouchers, like mm. collect them all. And the other thing you need to know is some of them, the vouchers are not connected to your club card or your value card. So if you have a friend who shops in Dunn's and I have a 10 euro off 50 and you haven't been to Dunn's for a couple of weeks, but you can do with the voucher and they don't need it, well, sure ask them for it. Yes, that's a great idea because when we club together, forgive the pun, uh, there's greater value to be had all round and we can help each other and benefit each other. So you're, fan, you're a fan of all those different ones you mentioned there oh, and you're yeah. telling people. I have them all. Yeah, okay. Okay, yeah. so <laughs> download them, folks. Get them, look at them, check them out and get the value on them. The other thing we spoke about before, just in terms of uh, uh, developing good habits in that, Katrina, you know, and I'm the worst in the world for it, the worst, not 
really checking the cupboard or the freezer or the fridge before we go. Now, I do make a list, but I don't cross-check. That is so important, isn't it? Not to be stocking up with multiples of things. It is. And, and you know, sometimes it can feel like such an effort to get in the back of the press. Mm. And maybe it might be worth, you know, sticking a piece of paper inside of the press and having a pen and just writing up what's in the press and you put it in and take it out. So rather than having to, like, put your hand in and shift everything around, once you open the press, you can see the list inside the door and see what you've got. Um, that might help. I always say to people, you know, keep a, a permanent marker by the freezer because I'm the worst. Like anonymous plastic bags of stuff in the freezer. What was that and when did I put mm, it in? God, mm, I don't know. Yes. So I put a date and the item on it when you put it in. So it makes it easier, you know, to track what you've got. And by knowing what you've got then, when you go out to the shops, then you're going to, you're definitely going to save money because you're only going to buy what you need. And this buying what you need is, is kind of crucial. So you're going to, you're going to buy less. You're going to save yourself money. By buying less, you're going to have less food waste. And then, you know, you're contributing towards the towards saving the planet. So all of these things all add up. It's a win-win situation. Multiple buys, just to come back to that for a second. You know those offers, three, two for the price of one, three for yes. discount and that. Where do you stand on those? Look, they can be great value. But as you say, club together. And um, before you go to the shop, if you if you notice there's, a, there's you know, a multi-buy, which could be great value, but you might not use it, Ask a friend, a neighbour, a family member, see if they want to club together to benefit from it and then just share it out between yourselves. Um, most people have apps like, you know, Revolut or the new one, Post app, where you can lash money across or put a couple of euros across between one another, even if it is coins. Share the money between one another and then you share the benefit. You mentioned two apps in your most recent column in the Irish Examiner, Olio and Too Good To Go. Just uh, tell us about those, please. Right, so um, I'll quickly cover Too Good To Go because it doesn't seem to be that active in kind of the area that we're in at the moment, but you might be able to pick some some stuff up from the likes of your local Apple Green. So what happens is at the end of the day, it's food that hasn't sold at the end of the day. It's still fine for you to eat, but they typically would put, you know, fresh food on the shelves the following day. So they need to get rid of it. So for them, they either throw it out, but they can sell, you know, 15, 20 euro worth of food to you for a fiver. So you download the app, you find this magic bag close by to you you pay a fiver in the app and then you rock up at the predicted time to the shop and you can you can you can make a you know a, a good fortune of food out of it which you can either eat on the spot or you can pop into the freezer or the fridge and use over a number of following days so typically you'd save about a tenner on a bag of food sometimes more it depends mm. if you're in closer to like dublin if you're in dublin you could you could be absolutely minted for it but up up where we are we wouldn't okay. be able to use it so much Olio, on the other hand, is amazing. It's a free food sharing app. So if you download it and and you set yourself up on an account, if you've got unopened food or sometimes even like half a jar of food that you're never going to use, you pop it up on the app and you arrange, you know, a safe space or a safe location to meet up with people and to exchange the food. So it's a good way to get used to get rid of food that you're not using in the house or maybe if you're looking for a particular food you can pick it up from somebody else. But what you do need to keep an eye out is for these these food heroes. So these are people who go to large supermarkets who are getting rid of their produce at the end of the day again and they go up and they collect they literally collect bootloads full of food, bread, fresh fruit, vegetables and they list it all on the app and it's all free and then they say right meet me at say four o'clock in this car park and a couple of people will rock up you'll you'll it, they'll open their boot and you get all this food for free. Like I was looking at it the other day in my local area and there was literally forty 
loaves of bread available for free. Really? 40. Mm. So, like, I could have reserved some of those and picked them up and brought them home. Now, I didn't have a need for them, so I didn't have the space to store them either. So I didn't, say, you know, say I'd take them that day. But this is food that's going for free that would otherwise go to landfill. Olio, O-L-I-O is the app, folks. It's free, downloaded, and there's a whole world of food there coming your way. And I suppose the last point to make before we finish, and you've been a great advocate of this, like myself, and we're in the garden a little later on the show with Nikki Kyle, of course. It makes sense, doesn't it, Katrina, to grow a bit for yourself? Absolutely does. And sure is Nikki, one of the most inspiring mm. growers there mm. is out there. Mm. I mean, I have to get down to the allotment down later on. There's tomatoes and what not to be watered the same. And um, yes, it does save you money, in, I suppose, in, in the long run. But more so, it's great for your health. It's great for your well-being. You're out and about in it. And then, gosh, is there any other feeling like being an absolute champion when you pick your own ripe tomato and have yes. it for your salad for tea? <laughs> Listen... I've been nibbling at them yesterday evening in my own place. I went out to do some uh, sow- seed sowing and that, and God, there's nothing like it. And the other thing, Katrina, you know, being a member of an allotment group, there's a place where people uh, exchange as well. You don't have to, you know what I mean? Other people will have lots of plants and seeds and that, and there's great sharing and cooperation there. Oh, absolutely there is. And if you're lucky enough to be in an allotment scheme with communal fruit trees and fruit bushes, you might be able to pick from them now at this time of the year. And when people have too much, I mean, I'd often get down the allotment and there'd be stuff sitting on my doorstep because somebody has had too much. Mm. They've popped it on the doorstep and I'll, you know, return the favour. And it's a great way of sharing knowledge as well. Like I've learned so much about so many other cultures from the people who are ground down the allotment, fruits and vegetables that they eat and the dishes that they make with them. It's just it's a win-win all round. You're fantastic and I thank you again for being so good to us. Read her in the Irish Examiner. Uh, she's there with advice, recipes and more besides. And we thank her for joining us again on Late Lunch today. Until the next time, Katrina Redmond, thank you so much. Thanks, Jerry. Take care. Bye-bye. She's a wonderful woman. She really is. And through her lifetime, she's had to tightened the belt on a number of occasions and she's done it so successfully and there's wise words in what she speaks about to us today on the show. You'll probably understand when I tell you that I receive a plethora of books uh, to the station here addressed to myself from various publishers, from groups, individuals. Uh, Books are a huge part of what we do. Uh, On this show, we talk a lot to authors, uh, renowned authors, international, national, local as well. And I enjoy books and I really love reading. Of course, we have our book club monthly with Margaret Madden. A little book arrived on my desk recently and it's called Extraordinary Times, Living Through a Pandemic. And it came into me from the Ballinacree Community Association. And I'm going to tell you this. In all my time dealing with books, reading books, authors, publishers, etc. This book has really made its mark with me. And I'm delighted to say I'm joined on the show this afternoon by its editor, Mary Clark. Hello, Mary. Ah, hi, Jerry. How are you? I'm really good. And I really, truly mean that what I say. This book is a special little book, I have to say, that's really touched me immensely. Congratulations to you and to everybody involved and all who have contributed. May I say that is it is a story of and for the ages through COVID. Absolutely. Um, we all know over the last two years, um, coronavirus landed nobody understood what it was at the start and I suppose in Banna Cree we're nestled 
in North Mead and we were like every other county, country, worldwide, we were in the unknown. And I suppose as a community, we're always trying to reach out to people who live within our area. And just as time rolled on and the more we learned about it, we saw the effects on the ground um, with everybody that we know because we live in the country and we all help each other out. And I suppose the book came from the real life stories, mm. what was on our doorsteps. We, you know, had many initiatives, including, um, you know, care packs. So we were on the doorsteps, masked outside, but we saw the people and we saw the effect the virus was having day to day. So the book was born um and we decided that we needed to write about these stories and real real people's accounts mm. of um, what was happening, you know. And it is right across the board from babies being born yes. right through to, to, to the oldest members of our community. <laughs> That's what I say, a story of and for the ages and incorporating mm. poetry, stories, as we say, art, photography, so much in this. And what I think about it is you've done it in Balnacree but it could apply to anywhere in this country or the world. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely, Jerry. I mean, yes. I hope there's many more, you know, books like this because it's it's nice to delve into it. And as you said, it's it's a mix of genres. It's it's the written word, it's poetry, it's photography, it's it's, you know, um everything that people I suppose turn their hand to, you know, all about farmers' markets, everything that was evolved through the times and people's illustrations. I mean, people took up drawings, they took up photography. Some are renowned photographers within our book and um, then there's other wonderful people who took up new skills during the time when everybody had, I suppose, switched off from their normal everyday life and they found out new things about themselves. So the book itself is definitely could could be any any yes. community in any country. It certainly could. Now you contribute yourself and m- many others and when I read mm-hmm. uh, your opening story in the book you talk about life being short and that we're all in effect, you know we wore masks during the pandemic and we continue to, to wear them in situations but you say we're all wearing masks. What do you mean by that? I know, Jerry. I'm a deep soul mm. and um, I'm a holistic practitioner in my everyday life and I'm very much into health and well-being, but very much into mental health. And um, especially during times like what we have gone through in the pandemic, where it was very isolating. And I suppose it gave me as a person time to look within and, you know, look at these situations where masks, we wore physical masks, but mm. masks have always been there. And I suppose it was all about, you know, are we honest? Are we true? Do Are we kind? Are, are you know, yes. do we really look within and be maybe wise and careful to what we say to others? Because that can have a deep effect. So I suppose, yes, I kind of turned it around and behind the mask is about really people who are not aware that they actually sometimes say the wrong thing or they behave the wrong way and maybe that has a consequence. Yes. So that's what that's about. 
the the Zoom call story is marvellous. People it's of an nice. age who never, you know, didn't understand this at all and then realised they could chat to their uh, nearest and dearest using the technology. Virginia Harton, I love this phrase, tomorrow isn't promised to anyone. Isn't that so true? It is extremely true. Yeah, Virginia, again, another uh, health and well-being uh, professional. Um, and yes, tomorrow is not a given and you know we learned that you got to live for the day and and boy oh boy has everybody back and is everybody living for the day and seizing the moment and jumping on planes and or you know really going off into the depths of Ireland and doing things new and changing their jobs and changing lots of wonderful things in their lives and going 360 and really appreciating every day your health. I mean, to be able to get up every morning and breathe and say, I'm well today. And that's mentally, physically and emotionally. So, yes, I mean, a very spiritual. I mean, we are all spiritual beings. So maybe spirituality has um, become deeper now and we're all we're all finding that, which is great. So, yes. You you mentioned changing jobs and one young man who did is Andrew Geraghty Jr., who writes a lovely piece. He's from Oldcastle Mm -hmm. in the book because at the time he's just emerging from college and he gets a job as a milk quality advisor with Glanbia. But I have to read this little paragraph if you'll uh, allow me for a moment. It's only short from the piece he wrote in it. Folks, this is what Andrew wrote and it just shows you, you are. This book covers from the cradle to the grave, to be honest with you. But Andrew, starting out in his new career, says, and I quote him in January 2021 I moved down to live outside Mitchellstown as most of my work was in the south the house that Tara his girlfriend Tara's girlfriend and I rented was just up the road from two large piggeries now he's from a farm himself I have to tell you Andrew and he goes on to say so I went from waking up in the morning and smelling cow shite to waking up in the morning and smelling pig shite but I was just as happy to be out walking and running (laughs) I love it Mary I love it (laughs) <laughs> I know. I mean, I mean, where would you ever get stories like this? Yes. We're all born in the pandemic, and it's great to get the insight into because Andrew's in, in his twenties, <laughs> and it's so important. Yeah, I mean, there's such, you know, uh, importance in all of that. There mm. is, and, and I do. I have to say, the stories came fast, and we were inundated. And also the illustrations and the photography. But yes. I have to say there was great positivity. There is a laugh in it. And Andrew was right. He went from one situation to the other and he was happy as Larry. <laughs> he was. I see uh, a man smiling at me and sadly he's no longer with us. Bart Quinn, tell the story of when you called to him. Oh, God, Jerry, that was um, part of our Care Pack initiative Um that we, me and uh, uh, the committee alongside St. Bridget's GFC, we came up with our care packs. And it was really to knock on doors to people who we knew would be living alone and probably, you know, finding it very, very difficult. Um, I did my area. I live near Ross in Mount Nugent. And um, Bart was my neighbour and he lived alone. And as I said, he was the quiet man of Ross. But that day when I called, I couldn't stop him talking at the doorstep and he was very forlorn. He was just after having surgery, major surgery, and he was recovering and he was very emotional and he spoke about how he was feeling. And um, yes, it was 40 minutes on the doorstep, a man that I might 
not get two words from any other day before the pandemic. And I saw his pain and he was crying as I left. Not, it was because he just felt we noticed him, we cared, but just also the emotion of what he'd been through mm. and that he felt he wasn't well. And sadly, Bart died then in January oh. 21. You have that lovely and picture of him in the book and he's mm-hmm. smiling at his doorstep. It's a it's a real touching story, may I say, and you were personally and deeply involved in it. Claire Fagan, the exhausted mother with the children, Laura <laughs> Kiernan's mum, Bridie, a hundred. She's been through two pandemics. I know, a very insightful piece. Um, And we were delighted to celebrate her 100th birthday within the community with a lovely get-together, a very, um, you know, strong lady and an amazing insight into what it's like for her. I mean, she's 100 years old and here she was again living through another pandemic. And it was lovely to read and lovely... Um, again, for another, I suppose, perspective, a different mm. age group and and also resilience. I mean, you learn that a lot from our older members of our community in Banlacree, wonderful people within Banlacree Community Association. They work really hard, but they're predominantly the older generation. So they haven't stopped and they're still working hard. Yes. So, yes, Bridie's piece is very insightful and um it teaches us all that this is not a one-off and no. it has happened before and it came back again. But it shows you the strength within the people that, you know, that's yes. what gets yes. you through it. Have to mes- uh, mention your partner in crime, uh, Bridget Heary, your secretary yeah. there and her lovely piece about WIST. You have the GA Club, the Athletics there. On the other end of the conundrum from uh, the lovely Bridie at 100, you have Emer Briody, or Briody and the first time mum with Theo, or little boy. And so on it swings through the generations and the stories and the impact it had. And right at the end, I love it, Independence Day, the 22nd of January, 22 one and they whoopee, you can just feel it after 680 days. Freedom at last for everybody. Do you know something? This is simply wonderful. And I say to people, no matter where you are in the northeast or in the country, this book will do your heart good. It really will. Have you have you printed many copies of this? Well, Jerry, we started out uh, with a small quantity. We would like to thank, I mean, we, we were co-funded by Mead Partnership and mm. without that support, it would be very difficult for small communities to produce such a high quality pr- uh, publication. And um, so we did start out with a small amount of books. We have exceeded um, the demand for the book yes. has increased and sales are going up all the time. So we are on a reprint at the moment. Good. And if anyone would like a copy, please check us out on Facebook, Ban the Creek Community Association, or give the wonderful, our wonderful secretary, Bridget Heary, who is my partner in crime mm. with the book and coming up with the concept. She you know, can be contacted. Her number and details are on our Facebook page. And um, it's also on sale in a few shops in Old Castle, the Corner Shop, Masterson's, Millbrook Motors. Just, you know, contact us. We are um, at the other end of a phone and it's well worth a beautiful read. And yes. it is a collection of people's inspiring stories mm. and it is about resilience and it's about hope. 
and it's about a wonderful future ahead of us all and health and well-being. There's something there for everybody. There really is. And the poetry, the stories, the mm. photographs, the artwork, everything in it. I've just scratched the surface here and uh, it is the best money ever spent by those support agencies, I will tell you, because they're getting value for money here. You're going to have to print more of these because oh, it will resonate with people the length and breadth of this land and beyond. You've It's extraordinary. Extraordinary Times is the name of the book. Check them out on Facebook. Ballina Creek Community Association. They're tucked in there, North Mead, Old Castle, along the shores of Loch Sheelan and some lovely pictures of Sheelan in there as well. But I say this to you. You've left something for posterity that when we're all gone in a uh, hundred years' time, this will remain and remain a story of the times. Simply brilliant. I congratulate you all. Oh, thank you very much, Jerry, and thank you for having us represented on your show. Thank you for reading it and thank you for such positive feedback. I'm glad you enjoyed it and you're right. It's there for posterity. It it's it's a slice of history and in a hundred years' time people will get to read mm. not just stats, but they'll get to read real people's stories. They will indeed. Mary Clark, a real pleasure speaking to you on the show this afternoon. Wish everybody well and thank you for joining me. Thank you, Jerry. Take okay. care. Bye-bye. I mean it. Extraordinary times living through a pan- pandemic. Ballina Cree Community Association. They're on Facebook. Get this little book. Read it. Absorb it. Keep it with you. I'm going to keep this with me. This is mine for good. I have one copy here and I just simply, simply love it. And I want to have it beside me to read and dip into now and again to remind me of what life truly is about and the remarkable people we've all been to come through these last couple of years and indeed to face the challenges that lie ahead. Time for your two on Tuesday on Late Lunch at this time each week. We spin a disc for you that didn't quite make it to the number one spot. And when I tell you today, well, it mightn't have brought all the boys to the yard, but it didn't quite bring enough customers either to the record shops to make it to number one. My milkshake brings all the boys to the yard and they're like, Yes, Kellis and Milkshake from 2003. The song that just didn't quite make it to number one in the charts. God, they could do it with a few milkshakes. No, they don't need them on Love Island, do they? I've been watching. Talk about it in a few minutes. See, Anyway, what kept Milkshake off the uh, number one spot? Well, it was actually this one. Yes, the number one uh, that uh, was the big number one at the time and poor Kellis, no, she never made it quite. That's uh, Blue Cantrell and Sean Paul's Breathe, number one back in 2003. 
Rappers on late lunch. What's the world coming to? Jerry Kelly watching Love Island. Oh, the place has gone absolutely bananas, hasn't it? Yeah. I've been watching the island. I've been telling you. Yes, indeed, I have. And uh, on and off. I'm not I'm not a slave to it every, every night, but I started watching it. And don't ask me why I did. I've never watched it in the past. Is TV really that bad that I would drift it over to ITV and this programme? But, you know, it is fascinating to see the way uh, boys, the boys and girls react. You know, there were six of them, six and six together, and some went and came for the first few weeks. And now they've split them up and they were settled into their relationships with their partners. And now uh, one half have gone to Casa more. Others have remained where they are. And six new girls, six new boys have arrived and they are pairing up with the original couples. And now it really is starting to get tasty. Ronan Keatingson is one of the the new lads that have uh, come in and he's a grand chap he really is but he just stands out so much he has red hair and he's white as a milk bottle well he's maybe not that white but you know compared to the bodybuilders the other fellas are and that there's young Keaton there slip of a young fella and uh, looks quite different as well but a, a, a nice personality with a man to, uh, making his way with uh, some of the girls on the island too but uh, uh, certainly maybe you'd say he is a little bit out of place because of the way the others look but if you talk about people and uh, their true selves and personality and everything he's he's a grand lad but uh, anyway the island is uh, ramping up at this stage and lots happening in it and uh, my sidekick of course will be bringing you up to date on that because she's a big fan and knows it well and follows it more than yours truly who doesn't really follow it anyway uh, i'm just keeping an eye on it from a distance the tennis goes on today and it's getting to the uh the real decision time now, the quarterfinals in the ladies and men's at Wimbledon. And uh, Nick Kyrgios, I mentioned him yesterday, the Australian tennis player. He's a rogue and a villain and everything else besides. But he's into the final eight now and there's every chance he could be in the last four. But Roger, uh, not Roger, uh, Raf Nadal is there, of course, and uh, Djokovic too. They're the uh, the big noises in the men's, whereas the ladies is uh, quite open, to be honest with you. Uh, anybody could win the ladies at this stage. But I love Wimbledon. Go home each evening. It's great to see the matches on into the evening. And with the roof now on court number one and centre court, they go on into the night time. And it's lovely at this time of the year just to watch the games going on and enjoy the evening time. Love, absolutely love the tennis. Who would I like to win the men's? Who would you like to win the men's singles? I hope Raf Nadal wins it. I really do. I'd love to see him win it. He's won the Australian. He's won the French. He'll be there and thereabouts for this one, but it'll be hard to beat Djokovic. It will. And uh, the ladies, well, as I said, it's an open, it's an, an open, not shut case when it comes to the ladies' singles. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text are the numbers to contact us on the show. If you want to call in, it's 041-983-2000. Let's head into the garden on late lunch. Always love to, and especially in the company of the wonderful Nikki Kyle, who's standing by. Hello, Nikki. Hi, Jerry. Isn't it a great time of year to be a gardener? There's almost too much choice of delicious things to eat every day. There really is. And, you know, it's been brought home to me more this year with my new addition, as you know, the uh, yeah. the, the little tunnel and that as well. And it's just incredible. It's just coming in by the new time. But, Nikki, no thanks to the outside weather. Well, we're, we're lucky we have polytunnels mm. and greenhouses. Um, it's been so cold at night, really, for the last couple of weeks. Uh, and we've had dreadful rain. It's just been horrendous. I mean, we, you know, we've been flooded here several times, uh, sort of in, in late 
June. And some nights it was only sort of two or three degrees in, in the polytunnel. But, you know, the plants do their best. And, and I've been amazed with how well the tomatoes have actually done. Um, but, you know, we still need to be very careful because we can't rely now on the weather being warm at night uh, and that sort of thing all, all the time. You know, we've, we've got to play it by ear. And even the weather forecasters don't know, frankly. You know, they say one thing in the morning, it's different in the evening. So you've really got to, to do it by the seat of your pants, as I always say. Um, and if you're watering and you've got to do a lot of watering, do it in the mornings. Don't leave plants wet and cold at night. I've done that a couple of times. Um, and it's astonishing, actually, the difference it makes. That There were three um, aubergines which I planted out early on in mid-May, I suppose, to, to late May. And they had a couple of nights very, very cold. And the difference between the look of those plants now, they'll never recover. They're sort of miserable and small and yellow looking at the bottom. And their three siblings, which I planted out two weeks later, are looking fantastic Mm. and perfect. But it's just the cold and the wet they can't stand. And I've seen so many people on social media being disappointed with plants they've planted out, which have gone sort of yellow at the bottom and and cold, uh, you know, miserable looking. And it's really cold and wet that does it. So do be careful with watering. Well, thank God this uh first week in July it looks to be settling down yes, a bit does, and yeah. we are lucky as well that uh, you and I are primarily gardening uh, undercover well, I am at the moment, yes. and also outside. I mean, the outside stuff is okay because it's stuff like sort of lettuces and celery and that sort of thing, which which won't take a frost, but, you know, they'll take fairly cool night temperatures, mm. uh, and actually they'll last longer if they're well watered by the rain. Now, let's uh, move on to uh, what to sow at this time, mm. and already, you know, it's only over a week since the longest day, but uh, the light is decreasing from a gardening perspective. Slower growing winter veg, time to think of putting those in now? Yeah, it is really... Uh, you know, because those sort of things, I mean, it, it sort of the light tips over the edge dramatically at the end of this month. So we really need to sow things like hearting chicories, Swiss chard of broccoli before the middle of the month. Their growth will slow up, but they will crop this autumn um, you know, and winter. The, the chicories and, and chards will, will um, crop all winter. But it's, it's again, it's surprising. If you leave that till the beginning of August, sowing things like chard, you'll find they don't give anything like the crop over the winter that they should do. And they won't come on until next spring. And, you know, we want winter veg because, uh, you know, all the analysts are saying, you know, that that, that the prices of veg and everything else are going to go up like mad in the last quarter of the year. So we want to make sure we've got plenty of stuff to eat then and we don't have to go look for it in supermarkets. You can still put in uh, some of the staples like carrots, peas, broad beans. Yeah, all all of those. I mean, we we can, um, so early peas, broad beans, uh, broccoli, you know, the the faster growing varieties, and they'll crop this autumn. Uh, The broccoli, hopefully, if we don't get too hard of us, will crop all winter. But do it now. Get everything in now. I know it's a busy time of year and it's often hard to think about it, but now is the time to do it. I'm name dropping here, but she'll do it herself anyway. Green magic is the broccoli, isn't it, Nikki? Yeah, the only yeah, one. Yeah, it is. Well, it's a fantastic one. Mm. It's, uh, you know, I, I've never bothered trying others because it is really an excellent variety. And once you've cut the central head, it goes on with side shoots for months. Um, that's really, really good. Um, the other thing to do now is buy tubers now for planting Christmas potatoes at the end of this month. If you don't have tubers, you save yourself. Um, or actually, you can even buy early potatoes somewhere as long as they're healthy looking potatoes. Um, you know, uh, and leave them out in the light for a few days. As I said last month, put them in the fridge for a week or so and then bring them out uh, and let them sit there and then plant them about um, the third, fourth week in, in this month, you know, July, um, because in early August, it could be too late. 
I have a dozen or so and they're a hangover from the spring. They're lovely right. certified seed. They're in the cool of my garage yeah. in the dark and they haven't sprouted that much. Would they be okay? They'd be absolutely fine, but they don't really need to be in the dark because uh, that will encourage them to sprout yes. even more. But just don't need them in the sun. I mean, yeah, the, the potatoes want to grow. That's what I love about them. You know, you can put them in at yes. any time of year, virtually, and they'll grow. Uh, but but the secret is put them in fairly big pots, you know, three or four litre pot if, if you've got them. But they'll even crop in small pots uh, and, and put them somewhere. Actually, once you've potted them up, put them in the shade somewhere where they won't get too wet and then bring them out into the light more uh, as the light decreases. Uh, and then in the autumn, obviously, you know, once we start to get a frost, bring them into the greenhouse or polytunnel or, or porch uh, and keep them going that way. And you'll have beautiful new potatoes for Christmas time. Now, there's a lot going on, as you say. The uh, produce is just unbelievable coming at you at the moment. Talk to me for a moment about the care of squashes, pumpkins, courgettes, etc. Ah, well, that, that, that's very important because those things, I mean, they're growing like mad now. I was astonished, actually, the you know, the growth in just four weeks. I mean, this week, they're literally taking over everywhere. Um, and when they get, when the first main shoot gets to about a metre long, you must pinch the tip out. Otherwise, what will happen is that will just keep growing and growing and it might produce one fruit uh, and that will be it because it'll, it'll stop producing any more flowers once it produces fruit. But if you actually pinch out the tip of the leading shoot when it's about a metre or a yard long, this encourages side shoots, and those will bear most fruit. Uh, if you don't do this, you know, as I say, only one fruit will develop. Um, but the, each of those side shoots should bear fruit. Um, um, you know, you might get four, three or four pumpkins when you would have only got one. Feed and water them really well because they're very hungry, thirsty crops, you know, and, and just keep feeding them really well. And also they get, uh, as you know, powdery mildew later on when the nights get cooler again if you don't keep them well watered and mulched. Mulch is very important for them. My courgettes are producing, but does a lot of the large outer leaves are yellowing, Nikki? Really? Are they a bit wet at the roots? Yes, they're just going yellow, the outer leaves. And I'm watering, yes, I am watering, and I've been feeding uh, every second feed as well because they are voracious feeders. But this yellowing, but it doesn't seem to inhibit them producing the courgettes. No, well, I mean, as leaves get older, they do tend to go um, yellow anyway. But just be careful you're not watering a bit too much. Just, just again, don't water right at the roots, right, you know, uh, water right in a circle right around them rather than, um, you know, actually directly on the roots. Yeah. Uh, and again, in the mornings, not with a cold hose in the evening. So important. And, yeah. and you're a real advocate of that early day watering. What about our tomatoes and cucumbers? Again, they're belting along and the crops are coming. They're starting to, my tomatoes are starting to redden now. Some of the uh, plants producing nice little ones for eating as well. And cucumbers are well on the way. What about the watering and feeding regime there? Uh, again, same thing. I mean, I, I water in the mornings. I water around. Um, you know, a lot of them I have in tubs, but even if they're in the ground, water about 8 to, to 10 inches or sort of 30 centimetres, uh, 15 centimetres away from the, the plant stem. Feed every other watering uh, now because, it, you know, they, they need the food to keep going, particularly if they're in tubs and, and containers. They do indeed. Now, a couple of things before we finish. Uh, the weather is settling down. Please, God, we'll get this summer at some stage. Oh. Mul mulching and storage of rainwater are two very important things. Yeah, uh, r really, really important things. I mean, just any time you can get rainwater, 
collect it in anything you can because who knows? I mean, August may suddenly turn dry uh, and, you know, our crops will be ruined if we can't water them enough. So do try and conserve as much water as you can. And, you know, if it turns dry, then, you know, we can talk about saving water from the sink and that sort of thing. But obviously, as long as you don't use any nasty chemicals or, or, or nasty washing up liquids, you know, you can save the water from, from washing up and that sort of thing. But um, one thing I want to just quickly talk about is uh, you, because we've had so much wet weather recently, um, if it turns uh, much warmer now, we'll get potato blight. There's no doubt about it because it's in the air all the time. It just needs about 48 hours of humid conditions and away it goes. Now, as soon as you see any sign of it, that brown blotches on the, the leaves, which have a sort of a, underneath, have a white ring of mold around them uh, on the underside of the leaf. Just take the tops of the potatoes off immediately. Don't leave them till it gets worse because any time it rains uh, or, you know, they'll drop, the fungus will drop onto the surface of the soil. Now, if you take the tops off and cover the bed with something waterproof, that stops the fungal spores washing down onto the tubers, and that is what causes rotting. So um, details of my way to... To, to deal with potato blight, uh, how I do that, um, are all in my June, July veg blog. And there's pictures there of potato blight. So you can tell, you know, whether you've got it or not. Because sometimes people see brown blotches on the leaves and actually it, it's just nutrient deficiency. It's just food that they want. Um, uh, but at this time of year, it's more likely to be potato blight, sadly. Yes, and you must uh, ward off and uh, check out Nikki's blog for sure. Lots to ponder there, mm. loads of work to be done. Get to it, enjoy the fruits of our labours gardeners at this time, but you've got to keep the show on the road. Lots of sowing and work to be done going forward to keep the crops coming yeah, right absolutely. through the year. NikkiKyleGardening.com, all the information is there. Until next month, Nikki, always a pleasure. Thanks so much, Jerry, and you're welcome. I've been holding on to pieces, swimming in the deep end. I mentioned the tennis earlier on, and Djokovic, I said, would take beating. Uh, beating. Uh, he's uh, set down uh, at the moment on uh, centre court to the brilliant Italian Yannick Sinner. He's a wonderful, wonderful player. He really is. He's taken the first set. He's only a young fella. He's 21. Uh, so Djokovic, a uh, set down there. Watch this space. Uh, John McCabe Nissan uh, the Cars for Clubs draw is taking place at John McCabe Nissan in Drogheda on Saturday this Saturday the club's involved Maddock Rangers St. Patrick's Lordship and Kilkerley Emmets three brand new 222 Nissan Micros to be won on the day you're more than welcome to drop in there uh, it'll be live here on LMFM at 4 o'clock on Saturday afternoon and tickets are still available from any of the clubs I've mentioned there. So somebody's, three people are going to have new cars this coming weekend. Jerry, where can we get that book? Says several listeners, extraordinary times. The easiest way to get the book from uh, Ballinacree Community Association is to go onto their Facebook page. Check out Facebook Ballinacree Community Association and you can order the book there. It is simply terrific. I endorse it wholeheartedly. Somebody else on to me there to say uh, they enjoyed listening to Nicky. Is it too late to sow lettuce and scallions? Or scullions, if you like to call them that. No, it's not. You can still sow away. And then they go on to say, but I can't get the seeds at any of the garden centres, Cherry. That's what happens. Big belt of seeds in in the spring of the year. And then as the summer comes in, they disappear. I've actually seen seeds in Tesco, to be honest with you. And uh, Woodies have them, home-based, the smaller garden centres. Check them out. There are still letters and scullions to be got there, I'm sure, in seed form. You can sow away. There's plenty of time. They'll fly in. And I'll tell you what I've been growing this year as well. 
the um, salad leaf uh, stuff, not the main butterhead. I love butterhead lettuce, I have to say, uh, all year round, or Hilda, to great varieties. But I blanket so uh, the wee seeds of uh, the salad, salad leaves. Oh, they're terrific. You'll have them. Within a couple of weeks, you'll be eating them. My sidekick, Ava, is growing them herself this year. And my latest sidekick, Pippa, as well. She has them in in her little spot in her garden, too. The girls are growing away. And they've come in in no time. And they're picking salad leaves. And they're so nutritious. Get going. There's no excuse. Late Lunch LMFM Radio. We're on our way now to news, weather and sport at three. In the company. In the company. I nearly forgot to say it. Of the Bee Gees. Yes, the Bee Gees. The Gibb Brothers. And you win again. You'll always win when you're gardening and grow your own stuff. You're a winner all the way, I promise you. Jerry Choice and Navin have loads of lettuce seeds and lots of other veg and good value too, says Shane. Shane Gaynor onto me from Cross Akeel. Nice to hear from you this afternoon, Shane. So for that person who said you can't get seeds, check out the choice shops. They're all over the place. They may have what you're looking for. I'm sure you'll get them. You will indeed. Now, my artist of the week this week is Kate Bush. And following on from the success of her debut album, her record label EMI persuaded her to follow up quickly with a second album, which she did. It was called Lionheart. And while it sold well and produced the hit single Wow, it fell short of its predecessor, The Kick Inside. And Kate herself always believed it was just too rushed altogether. She took her time. It was 1980 when her next one came out, Never Forever, before what she described as her Gone Mad album, The Dreaming, appeared two years later in 1982. They were both modestly successful, but it took three more years before Hounds of Love was released in 85, and that really propelled her back to the top of both the album and singles charts. Today, I return to our first album, which was hugely successful for this one, from my Artist of the Week, Miss Kate Bush. I hear him before I go to sleep and focus on the day that's been I realise he's there when I turn the light off and turn over Nobody knows about my man They think he's lost on some Eyes, my artist of the week. And did you know she wrote that song when she was just 13 years of age, recorded when she was 16 with a full orchestra? She actually says still she was terrified at that time. And the song it tells of the relationship between a young girl and an older man. She sees him as all-consuming. He's wise yet retains a certain innocent quality and 
Much later on in 2010, it was revealed to have been written about Steve Blacknell, her then boyfriend. And when he heard this, he never knew. He said, I realised there and then that I was in love with a genius and a genius indeed she is and we'll hear more from that genius on late lunch tomorrow afternoon round about this time now after the break are you ready for it I'm having a bit on the side with Hilary McGrath stay with us I don't think I've ever been as excited to introduce a guest because I'm going to have a bit on the side with Hilary McGrath hello Hilary hello Jerry. how are you I'm really good are you up for this are you up for this you can't say, well, are you up for it? I I'm am indeed. <laughs> Hillary, I'm delighted to catch up with you because let's tell listeners, you are the woman behind a bit on the side. And I have to say, you create the most delicious savoury jellies because you know what? I received a gift of your red jalapeno jelly recently and it was outstanding. Well done to you. Uh, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Jerry. That was a very nice gift for somebody to give you and indeed that red jalapeno jelly has won gold at Gloss Heron. so yes it comes highly recommended it's, it's a good one it's a good it's a good hot bit on the side Jerry. Mm, it certainly is but come <laughs> here tell us about you and where this all began back when and how you got into this please Right, so I guess it goes back many, many years. Yep. We were living in Canada, in Alberta, and uh, we had some really good friends there, Mark and Vivian, and we were over for dinner one evening, and she presented this gorgeous little plate of nibbles before dinner, and on it was a version of my red jalapeno jelly, and I just fell in love with it. I thought, oh my God, it's got everything you need. It's got sweetness, heat, flavour, without being too hot. Uh, and then I set about making it myself when we lived in Canada, because we found it a little bit hot, you know, having mm. Irish palettes mm. uh, we set about I set about making my own and it was so much nicer than the store bought ones because they put in a lot of artificial ingredients into it mm. so then uh, we moved home to Ireland in 2020 and I couldn't buy it here so I started making it and like that all my friends and family loved it and lo and behold a long time later now this was a long long time in the making I decided when I was kind of doing a little bit of market research and I thought well not only are there no jalapeno jellies on the shelves it's kind of there isn't really a range of jellies as such like you could get you know like your mint jelly that yes. gorgeous mint jelly and things like that so anyway I says well look you know my older kids we've got four kids and the older ones were moving abroad and going off in their little uh, life's adventure so I thought well why not turn this into a business because I genuinely thought I genuinely believed and I was right that people would would love that one so we started off we have a range of six but there's the two there's the red and the green would be the they'd be the star of the show as it were mm. uh, the green has also won uh, an award at Blossom Heron and uh, so we, I kind of built the business on that then Well done to you Thank So you. Uh, something you. from Canada has transferred wonderfully to Ireland You have wine in Tarragon, port and balsamic cider and sage uh, basil jelly and rosé and pink peppercorn, they yeah. are your, your range, so you know to develop those, how do you make those combinations and, and bring them you know to the palate eventually Right, well I guess yeah, that that is a good question. I suppose you kind of it's coming from a bit of a selfish viewpoint. It's kind of the flavours that we like here yes. and that I like. You know, I had a jar of the pink peppercorns here in the kitchen and it was sitting on the windowsill and I thought, Oh my god, they're just the prettiest little things. Plus I love the flavour of them and I thought 
they could go into a jelly now. Mm. So then kind of set about pairing that, I thought, right, you need something that's sweet. Now you have to have jelly by nature, you have to have sugar in it, right? Otherwise yes. it won't, it won't set. So um, you kind of have to get that balance right between sweet and savoury. So then you might have to put in, you certainly have to put in an acid, like some kind of alcohol or lemon juice. Yes. Um, and kind of balance it off that way. So kind of, we did, I did have more in the range, but they just weren't as popular. You couldn't have okay. too many anyway. Your yes. head would just be, just you'd go crazy so it was just kind of the one that was then a process of elimination you know and then mm. kind of like everybody likes um, you know like what is that one with, with um, apple jelly yes. so I thought well instead of apple let's go cider and sage so it was kind of kind of to, to kind of come up revamp the existing ones as well like yes. I'm working on a mint one now at the minute but I wanted to be I wanted to have that old fashioned mint appeal but to have something different about it so some of these recipes could take years mm. you know to, to develop and you might revisit them after a few months leave them on the side and come back to it yes. but the red and the green jalapenos they've been the mainstay the port and balsamic is so gorgeous to, mm. to make the house just smells lovely when mm-hmm. you're making that and that's a fantastic one at Christmas and then the basil I just love the purity and the, just the clean flavour of basil and I think this is where you have the difference between jelly and like chutneys and relishes with jellies I find you just get the flavour right like the medium of the jelly just it's, it's uncomplicated mm. you just get the flavour so in our basil we I would infuse it with fresh basil and then I use some organic basil oil in it as well Lovely. so all you're getting is the fresh basil flavour and absolutely no art Artificial ingredients. Yes, and it, yes. they have a range of uses. I take it condiments. You could glaze things with them. Salad dressings too. Yes, that's all in the, in the mix. Well, it is because you know. I suppose when you grow up in the eighties, in a good old recession, there is no such thing as waste, right? Mm. And I cannot stand food waste. So what I do is, if you've got a little bit of it left in the jar instead of throwing it out, throw in a little drop of vinegar and oil, shake it about, and there's your salad dressing. Yes. Lovely. You know, but yeah, no, they are. They're very, very versatile. So they are. They're, they're, they're wonderful. You can have them just on crackers and cheese and mm. bit of toast with cream cheese and pop them on top of that. You can have them with hors d'oeuvres. The basil goes fantastic with tomatoes and mozzarella. Um, yeah, the basil, it's funny because then the basil doesn't taste as good in the wintertime. You know, you know the way people go on about seasonal yes. eating these days. And, and I do think that there's a lot of truth to that. Mm. You know, just like the, um, the port and balsamic wouldn't appeal to me in the summertime as such. I understand. I understand that. That you is a, a very well-made point. Do you know that little spray that comes out from under your tongue at times when it doesn't mean to? I'm just after. I'm just after doing this all over my paperwork here uh, on the desk. Uh, that that you've really you've really got me. Yes, you've really got me for sure. But here, tell me this: you, are you still producing in your kitchen in Old Castle where you started? Well, yes, I'm in the process of moving out to convert a garage. We have a, d- a double garage yes. that I threw the husband out of and took <laughs> over. <laughs> <He's> homeless. <laughs> Another homeless man in Ireland. <laughs> so he's he's been ditched. Yes, he's, he's, been... he's, sitting, he's sitting outside on the lawn with his with his tools and nowhere to go oh with them. So we're converting the garage, yeah, right. because it's just it's 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 just impossible. You mm. know, the orders are coming in, and like this time of year, it's been too too busy. But come Christmas time and everything, so you just and you know you just you need the space, right? So yeah, we'll always be in Old Castle though in Moyla. Um, <laughs> lovely, yeah. lovely part of the world. It really is. It's I'm beautiful. well familiar with. It. I think Old Castle has held uh, itself. You know what I mean when modernised 
civilization has taken over so many places, but it's just lovely and quaint and beautiful still where, where you are there. Now, tell me this. Uh, do you sell direct or uh, is it through retailers? What way are you working? It's both, Jerry. So we have our online shop on www.abitontheside.ie and then we sell wholesale. We're in some of the local super values. Hmm. Uh, we're in some of the specialty shops in Dublin. We have a list of our stockists um, on Instagram right. and actually I need to put them up on the website as well. Mm. And so, yes, they're, they're, they are widely available. Um, and then we try and keep the prices down as low as possible to make them, you know, make them yes. affordable and accessible and, and whatnot. And um, yeah, and the thing is, what I do love about them is, is there is no waste, mm. you know, because people genuinely finish the whole jar, yes. you know, once it gets opened. So, uh, yeah, it is. And it's, it's, it's growing like, I mean, you know, every time I go out on sales calls, you know, a new shop takes it on. And then we just kind of try and work on it, like do tastings to get people exposed to it because mm. it is a new product, right? Mm. You know, and no matter how good something is until somebody tastes it, they, they've no idea how good it is, right? So there's no point in having it on the shelf and not doing tasting. So I'm kind of flat out oh, <laughs> being a bit on the side. <laughs> Doing uh, doing tastings and uh, yeah, letting people sample it. Now we have this. I'm going to be at the market this Saturday in Kalua Castle, um, outside Clamell, and I'm sure a lot yes. of your listeners would know about it. And they're going to be opening a, a farm shop, I think, in the autumn, and they're having a market this Saturday. So I'm going to be at that, and that'll right. be the first market now in a long time. And I just so excited about of it. Of course, so and fun. you're under the umbrella, I know, of the Boyne Valley. Uh, a group as well yes who who are a wonderful uh, umbrella group for for lots of of producers in this neck of the woods listen it's great to catch up with you you're full of energy and life and I can see how that transfers into Uh, the wonderful product that you produce and I wish you well for the future and thank you for joining me today not at all I thank you very much indeed take care of yourself bye bye that's Hilary McGrath there bitten the side if you check her out uh, online there and uh, also in uh, a range of retailers in the northeast and beyond bringing late lunch to a conclusion uh, this uh, Tuesday afternoon coming up on tomorrow's show Kelly Fincham is with me the cost of car hire has really hit home she has a solution Dr Kate McCann is here we are what we eat is the theme with Kate tomorrow Niall Hatch from Birdwatch the importance of our hedgerows they're really under threat and my Kate Bush story rolls on big thank you to Brian Farley who guided me safely through this afternoon. Eddie Caffrey's on his way with the drive here on LMFM Radio. Have a lovely evening. Stay with us here. And we leave you in the company of Mr. Niall Horn. 1.30 tomorrow. See you then. I'll be honest. I'm all right with me. Sunday mornings. In my own bed the Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors Opal, Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan. Discover the all-new Opal Mocha, featuring Opal's iconic new signature visor, stunning Opal Pure Panel, and a choice of petrol, diesel or fully electric. The new Opal Mocha is less normal, more Mocha. Visit Blackstone Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.